Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram Roadmap for Educators. One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life. In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better. We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. Do you struggle to find or take the time for self-care? Do you love to read for pleasure, but you usually feel a little bit guilty when you take that time? Today, we're talking about books that you can read for enjoyment that will also help you to build empathy. These are books that might impact how you see your students or how you view your job. Our book recommendations may also help you understand the power you have as an educator to change lives. We are sharing 10 of our favorite books that can simultaneously help you achieve self-care and elevate your teacher empathy. Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators who've worked with thousands of teachers and we know the struggles that you face on a daily basis. Do you want to make a difference and still enjoy your life outside of school? Together, we can tackle the overwhelm, gain clarity, and build confidence to live the life you deserve. Are you ready to be inspired? We can't wait to explore ways to improve your work life and home life so that you can live your best life. You may not have thought about it this way before, but one form of self-care is doing something that you love to do. For both of us, reading is a form of self-care. Maybe you're nodding your head because reading is self-care for you too. If not, when was the last time you gave reading a try? You may find it to be more relaxing than you remember. Reading is a great form of self-care because you can always fit it in. You can read for just a couple of minutes before bed or spend hours on a rainy Saturday curled up with a good book. Or you could listen to an audiobook while driving down the road or hiking through your local nature park. We love reading because sometimes it's a way of doing two things at once. We know that multitasking doesn't actually work when you're trying to do multiple things that need all of your attention. Each time that you shift to a different task, your brain has to do that readjusting to get focused on the new thing. And those transitions waste a lot of time. So when people think they're multitasking, often they aren't if you're trying to do multiple things that need your attention. But where multitasking does work is when you're doing something physical like walking the dog, running on your treadmill, folding your laundry, or even driving. If you are listening to audiobooks, you can actually multitask and you can get two things done at once. I am a huge fan of audiobooks. I don't have time to sit down and read as much as I would like to, but give me a good audiobook and I am a voracious reader. I'm always amazed at how many books you actually do get through in your busy life because you can listen to them on Audible. I prefer a paper book that I can hold in my lap, but sometimes I do like audiobooks, again, because I can multitask. 
Today, we're going to talk about 10 books that we chose because they have the power to transform you. You may learn to see students in a new light or understand the lives of those that come from backgrounds different from your own. We're going to share some novels and some memoirs, so we have something for everyone. Here are our books that will help you build empathy and transform your worldview. Let's start with Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. Kingsolver is one of my very favorite writers. I love everything she has written. This one might seem a little intimidating because it's long, but we loved this book. It is a modern take on the Charles Dickens novel, David Copperfield. And you don't need to have read David Copperfield to enjoy this book. It is the 2023 Pulitzer Prize winning book. So we're not the only ones who loved it. King Salva reimagines the story in Appalachia in the 1990s. Demon is born to a teenage drug-addicted mother. We watch him grow up through the years, moving from foster home to foster home, being mistreated, slipping through the cracks. It's a portrait of the opioid crisis and how people fall into drug use and become addicted, then can't get help. There are people who enter Demon's life who are helpful to him, particularly of interest to us because we're teachers. There are a pair of teachers who become mentors to Demon, and this affects his life in many positive ways. This is a great coming-of-age story based on a historic writing that's very modern, and it is, we promise, sure to captivate you. It's going to help you understand a life that's likely different from your own. It's hilarious and heartbreaking at the same time. And just one last thing before we move on from this book. If you haven't read David Copperfield, I personally had never read David Copperfield. I would recommend that you don't go look up what the story is about until after you finish Demon Copperhead. Reason I say this is because you, like I, will likely be shocked. You will realize how closely King Solver mirrored this book to the original David Copperfield. It's fascinating. That's exactly what I did. I read the book first. I don't know that I've ever read David Copperfield, or if I did, it was many years ago and I didn't remember a lot about it. And I did look up the story and read the summary after I read the book and I was amazed. This is a talented writer to take an old story like that and put it in the modern day. Classic literature and at the same time, get a really great story that will help you understand people in a different way. The next book we're going to recommend is a memoir. It's called Finding Me by Viola Davis. And we're going to put the links to all of these books in the show notes so you can look them up. You don't have to remember all of this right now. I was the one begging to have this memoir added to this list because I just wanted to talk about it. Besides being Oprah's book club pick and a Harper's Bazaar best book of 2022, this book, Finding Me, is on my personal list of best audiobooks of all time. Viola Davis from the How to Get Away with Murder fame is an actress, and she reads this book herself. It's amazing on the audio version. She is one of the few people in this world who have ever won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. An EGOT. Not very many EGOTs in the world. So you can imagine she is brilliant. The whole memoir is about her tough childhood, and it's about her life journey of really finding her voice and her purpose in life when basically everything is working against her. She talks in depth about teachers and mentors who brought her up and about people who brought her down. The first 30 minutes or so of this is really heavy. If you are reading it or you're listening to her tell her childhood stories in which her racial, socioeconomic, and family struggles impacted her self-worth and her identity, it will touch you way down deep in your teacher heart. But don't give up. 
Though she faces lots of darkness, she is an amazing light. And the following chapters will take you through her personal journey. You will come out of this as a better person and a teacher. I can't recommend it highly enough. I have it queued on my Audible to listen to soon. So I can't wait to get started with that one. I'm going to share a book that I was sure I would hate. When my book club picked this, my eyes rolled and I'm like, that sounds so stupid. The book is Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. It also gets the nod for the most beautiful cover of any book I think I've bought in years. It's a very unusual book. It features three very different characters. The first is an elderly widow named Tova who works nights cleaning at an aquarium. The second is a young adult named Cameron who is drifting through his life, sort of struggling to find a meaningful path. The third character is a giant Pacific octopus named Marcellus, who not only talks, but who is very witty, very bright, and amazingly perceptive. Fantasy fiction with a talking octopus is not my thing. That sounds like a book (laughs) you would never recommend, so it must be amazing. (laughs) I thought I would hate it. This book is great, though. There's three characters, and they all connect at this aquarium. The story develops around how they learn to understand each other and eventually to help each other. I see this book as a book about not only friendship, but the power of small kindnesses. We often talk about the need for more kindness in the world. This book is so hopeful. It's not really suspenseful because you probably will figure out what happens a third of the way through, but yet you're eagerly reading it to see how is this author going to pull this all together? In the end, I was won over and charmed by this book. The world changes when you understand that in some ways, we're all remarkably bright creatures. The next book we're recommending is Spare by Prince Harry. We both listened to this on audio, and it's really worth hearing the prince himself read this book. This is somewhat of an odd choice for us because neither of us are big royal watchers, nor are either of us particularly captivated by the royal family. But we read it on the recommendations of other people, and we were glad we did. What I liked about this book is how a person's perspective frames their understanding of the world. Harry grew up extremely privileged, but in many ways, his childhood was lonely and isolated. Especially after the death of his mother, Princess Diana, he felt isolated and alone. No one was answering his questions or explaining things to him or telling him anything or helping him through his grief. I think that loss and that grief changed him in deep ways. I see him as a child who didn't get the support he needed. I was also drawn to the childhood Harry and his teen years in this memoir, honestly, much more than the adult years. It's not a story of pity. I was really worried about that going in. I don't want to hear a whole bunch of royal dirt and pity and poor Harry. It was not that at all. It instead gave us insight into a person who really appears on the outside to kind of have it all together, but who is struggling internally. We also learn about someone who maybe looks like they have a great family structure, but it may not be so. I would guess we probably have a lot more students like Harry in our classrooms than meets the eye. Don't go into this book hoping for a lot of dirt on the royal family because that's not there. I think there is some there, but it's already been on the press. You've already heard about it. It's no big deal. It's not the emphasis of this book. The press has taken those a couple little tidbits and blown them way out of proportion. What is there, though, I think is a story that will captivate you if you are a teacher or anyone hoping to learn what life is like behind the scenes that you often don't get to see in someone else's life. Plus, I have to admit that British accent of Harry reading the book was lovely on audio. I agree. 
Next choice is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmis. It's one of my favorite books in the past year or so. It takes place in the 1960s where Elizabeth Zott is this brilliant chemist. She's not allowed to be a chemist because she's a female and her PhD doesn't get her into a job where she can use her skills. There's a lot of prejudice against women. They should be the secretaries and get the coffee. And here's this brilliant mind. She's smarter than everybody else in the building, but she's never given her due respect. She's constantly fighting her way, trying to hold her own in a world that just doesn't respect her mind. Eventually, she lands a job as a television cook show host. That's really popular in in the days of the Food Network and all of that, but not so much in the 60s. This is a role for a female in the society of the 1960s. You can't be a chemist, but you can be a lady cook on TV and help housewives be better cooks. She undermines everyone by turning her cooking class into a series of chemistry lessons. And then she finds a way that she can empower other women and affect young girls as she's teaching them that they can use their minds and that they can understand science. This book is devastating and very funny, ultimately helps you understand how discrimination works. It's also about the power of being your true self. She held her own doing her chemistry experiments in her living room. I loved this character and I loved getting to know her and stepping into her world for a while. I'm sold. It will be on my audio queue before the day is done. Since I seem to be on this audio memoir kick today, I would love to talk about the next one. I also listened to this one on audio, and I would recommend that you do too if you do audiobooks, though I already bought this book for my niece in hard copy. Book is I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And I don't want the title to scare you away. Glad my mom died. This book is heartbreaking and it's funny. Sometimes both of those things at once. Jeanette McCurdy, it's her memoir. She was a Nickelodeon child star. You might remember her. She was on iCarly and then she got her own spinoff called Sam and Cat. So it's a little heartbreaking to hear in her own words how everything looked like she had it all together. But she was actually really suffering behind the scenes with her mother's mental abuse, her mother physical abuse, her father's neglect, a lot of family issues. Jeanette first developed anorexia as an 11-year-old at the urging of her mother. Yes, at the urging of her mother. She then went on to kind of view her body as this commodity, as an actress to earn money and support her family. Personally, I knew of those Nickelodeon shows and I knew who McCurdy was, but I never really watched iCarly or Sam and Cat. And when I read the book on audio at the urging of a friend, I was just amazed by how her grit and determination and her honest sharing of her struggles is so touching. I would highly recommend this, especially if you or someone you knew was really into Jeanette McCurdy's work as an actress. You will find it fascinating. But as a teacher, a parent, and a person, I also thought it was amazing. I am one of those people that heard the title of that and thought, well, I don't want to read that. Now I'm really interested in this book. I won't let the titles scare me off. Let's talk about another book that we both read. This is an older one, but we both loved it. The book is Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. 
It's the story of two boys, John and Owen, who are growing up together in New Hampshire in the 1950s and 1960s. Owen is an amazing character. You will love him. Owen's a really strange child. I think we'll just leave it at that. This book will grab your attention from the moment that one of these two 11-year-old boys hits a foul ball in a Little League game and it kills the other boy's mother. That's how we start out the book. This is a book about finding purpose in life. It's about irony. It's about love and keeping the faith. The story is told by John, one of the two boys, as an adult, and it really chronicles the depth that our childhood experiences have on the rest of our lives. I am really noticing a theme here that we didn't plan, but all of these books that we've been talking about have the theme of how your childhood really affects who you become as an adult. And that is true of our next book as well. Our next choice is Educated, a memoir by Tara Westover. We both read this book a couple of years ago, but it's one of those books that stays with you. We just can't forget this story and what happens. Tara lives with her family, which we can describe as survivalist or maybe even doomsday preppers. They're very isolated from others and lead very restricted lives in terms of having any connection with the outside world. Tara doesn't attend school and her education is very incomplete. When she's 17, she attends school for the first time and then she works against all odds to enroll in college where she is forced to grapple with this lack of education she had, this lack of knowledge she has about society society and the repercussions really of her upbringing. This is a story of resilience. It's a story about the power of education and we cannot recommend this one strongly enough. I know when I was reading that book, I was thinking, wow, I think I've had students that had lives kind of like this. I had kids who came to me in middle school having never been enrolled in a public school before. I didn't understand maybe some of the potential things that they had experienced. And this book was eye-opening for me. This next book breaks the mold a little bit. It's 112263 by Stephen King. And the theme of this book is brilliant in my mind. What would you do if you could change history? It's about Jake, the main character. And it's a gripping story because he is a high school English teacher who makes extra cash by helping adult students prep for their GED. I won't ruin the story, but I will tell you it involves an essay from one of his students, a local diner, and the chance for Jake to travel back in time to try and prevent the assassination of John F. Kennedy. I have long been a fan of Stephen King. This book is one of my favorites. You can learn a little bit of history. For example, the title of the book, 112263, is the date of JFK's assassination. Get wrapped up in a great story at the same time. And of course, it's about a teacher. It also shows the power, I think, of the relationship between a teacher and a student in a way that I have never read before in any other book. And I'll throw in one final little known fact. Stephen King was three months into his first teaching job in 1971 when someone in the teacher's lounge said, what would it be like if JFK had lived? Stephen King stood right there in that teacher's lounge and said, I think I'd like to write that story. So he started. He actually started writing this story and he got 14 single space pages. He was a new teacher, a young dad. And he stopped because he was like, if I'm going to write this, I have to do some real historical research and this is going to take too long. He set it down and he picked it up 36 years later. You will be glad that he did. I love that story about him going back and how that little gem of inspiration to write this story came about. That's fascinating to me. I'll do the last book here quickly, 10% Happier by Dan Harris. 
Actually, the full title of this book describes it way better than I could describe it in my own words. So here's what the full title of the book is. 10% Happier, How I Tamed the Voice in My Head, Reduced Stress Without Losing My Edge, and Found Self-Help That Actually Works. A True Story. Dan Harris, who wrote this, is a former news anchor. You may remember him from Good Morning America or Nightline. He describes his unexpected journey from having some drug addiction, anxiety attacks on air, to somehow becoming the public face for mindfulness and meditation accidentally. If you've ever wondered how people become more mindful or 10% happier in their lives, you should check out this entertaining book. Who doesn't want to be 10% happier, right? We are all about happiness research. We are constantly talking about happiness and how to find happiness. This one might be a great choice for you. Let's recap today. Don't feel guilty if you want to spend some time with a good book. It's a form of self-care. and It might even help you understand the world in a new way. Reading can help you build empathy and understanding of people who have experienced life in a way that is different from your own. In true teacher fashion, we end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to pick one of these books or another book that is on your to-read list and get started reading, whether that's with the physical book or on audio. Give yourself that much-needed self-care, and you can also learn about others at the same time. We won't be grading your homework, but we'd love to know how it's going. So send us an email, message us through our social media channels, or visit us on our website. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Always, you can go into inspiredtogetherteachers.com and get all of the show notes. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers or head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.